0: Hey there, how you doing? Hope this finds you doing well, wherever you might be in the world. This is Matt and Nikki Javitt from PassportJoy.com where we're documenting our journey around the world here on this podcast and on our website. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, we're just trying to do our best to share our experiences with you and locations and share some tips and hopefully help you make your travels better. This episode is coming to you from Vietnam, where we just got done spending almost two full amazing weeks with our friend who traveled to Vietnam from the United States to enjoy her first visit in Southeast Asia. So we're excited to tell you all about this and everything we did and a couple of places that we had not been to before and had a chance to discover, and also some places we had been to and some some friends that we knew That she had a chance to meet as well so and the excitement of all the chaos in vietnam around their big soccer matches football matches that they were partaking in as always feel free to check out the show notes of this episode in all episodes at passportjoy.com underneath the podcast episode link. That's where I list everything out that you can go to. Makes it real easy for you to discover some of the places we're talking about. So then you can check those places out and then add them to your journey if you decide to go here in the future, in the near or long future. And we get responses all the time about those links and how it's helped other people travel better. If you're just getting caught up with us and you're like where have we gone what have we seen what places have we gone to go to the journey so far tab at the top of passport.com click on that and it goes month by month country by country all the places we visited and with all the links there that you need to discover the things that we have found exciting along the way in this almost two years of traveling around the world uh, in almost 30 countries now. Oh, I think it's over 30 countries now. And as you are checking things out and, and all the things that we're doing, Build In World Barbershop Adventures, if you have not already, this is the basically the video aspect of our journey, which documents not only my time in barber chairs, which we did that as well in, in this two weeks in Vietnam, but uh, also shows the culture as well. So it's a little bit of culture, a little bit of the haircuts, and it's the visual component of that. Again, World Barbershop Adventures on YouTube, where you can simply click on the link at Uh It'll take you there, and then you can check all that stuff out, and um, you know, comment, like it, subscribe it, whatever, if it suits you, to give me some feedback on that. Uh, it's a great way. And as always, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It helps us get in front of new travel listeners, and it also just helps create awareness of who we are as a brand, but also gives the ability for other travelers to, to find our tips and tricks. Today, and, and the comments help as well, not only to inspire us to continue to share because that's great, but also it gives other people the idea of what we're doing out there along our journey. Today's comment was actually on YouTube and it was around the world barbershop adventures. Veer Nev said, I was having my scheduled haircut at Resident Barber, that was in Singapore, and when one young man walked into the shop telling the barber he got to know about them based on our video. Cool stuff, man. So that's to hear that feedback is awesome, especially in a city like Singapore that we loved. So please continue to share those feedback when you can. Uh, We really appreciate it. If you would like to receive a brief weekly email of our adventures from the road that includes other stuff that's not included on the podcast, then we send out every Thursday a weekly highlights of the things we're going through during the week and what locations lie ahead we also share fun travel insight tips and hacks that we're living and learning along the way so go to passportjoy.com to sign up for free for that weekly newsletter and then you'll get that in your inbox every thursday all right let's get on to this episode We are going to talk about our two weeks with our awesome friend, Darius, who visited us from the United States, and it was her first trip to Southeast Asia, and we had a chance to kind of show off the country that we love and some locations that we've been to before in Vietnam, and it was a great what we feel like was a really authentic trip for her a great trip for us too because we had we had a chance to revisit some places that we loved and mix in some places that we hadn't been to and uh, it was an exciting time so we're going to run through that itinerary and give you the highlights and the uh I guess the exciting points and things for you to think about in your journey to Vietnam in this episode so we went from at a very high level we we started in Da Nang we had just arrived from Phu Quoc so we had just spent 7 days in Phu Quoc the island of Phu Quoc south of Cambodia and then we flew into Da Nang during the day, had a chance to set up our stuff. And then Darius, our friend, was joining us that evening. And then from there, the trip went. We went four days in Da Nang with one day of Hoi An mixed in. A day trip the girls went on. Then we took a train to Quinaan, which is south, about five hours south via train from Da Nang. Hung out there for about it was four days. And then we flew to uh, Hanoi, which is the capital city of Vietnam, in the north where we spent the final four days. So just to to kick off in Zanong, we landed that day, we get there, and Nikki and I were there probably for about four or five hours before Darius had got here, which was great because we had a chance to set our stuff up. Make sure everything was good for her to arrive and we had these uh, two great airbnbs staying at the same location together in the small part of Nang called Myan, which is right by the beaches and there's all kinds of cool pubs and restaurants here it's a place that nick and i have been to before and we love it and we wanted to show her and kind of show it off to her and um it's great it's just a it's a great mix of both the casual life but also authentic as well because there's you I mean you can just feel the vibe of vietnam around you so as we're here already packing, all the local Vietnamese are on their TVs because the Vietnam was at that point playing to get into the championship game, which they ended up doing. So there was... A lot of chaos on the streets, activities, everybody's super excited. So then, as we're like getting ready to go to the airport, there's people on the streets just going chaos. Um, as we're gonna go pick up Daris. So that was a neat way to start the trip here in this part of Vietnam, just to see the activity and love for their football soccer team, men's soccer team that's playing the they're playing the AFF Cup, which essentially is the Southeast Asia Cup. Where ten of the nations play every two years for this grand victory here. So we, there's this sense of a, it's just you can just feel the vibe in the country at that point where they're so excited that they're. It's essentially their World Cup-ish. Um, obviously, the World Cup is much bigger, but in this part of the world, it was a very big deal. And we had no idea, especially I me mean, as a sports guy. I had no idea that like, this level of excitement was going to be going on. And it just carried over everywhere you were going. You were seeing the f- flags and the, I guess, the activity and the excitement around these games. So ju- that just lingered the full two weeks that we were here. So pick up theirs, And then from there, we had a kind of a, I set our itinerary that we wanted to show her a bunch of different things of the list that Nikki had put together and some things that we both agreed on that she would like to see, but unfortunately it started to rain and it rained a lot. So we had to adjust accordingly.
1: Yeah, the first night she got here, it was really nice weather and we were able to go out and enjoy that night. But the next day, like the, the rain started. So um, we were able to get some good weather the next day, like halfway through the day. So around the evening and we were able to visit the infamous Lady Buddha. So that was awesome. We, we grabbed some scooters and kind of scooted around. Uh, Matt and I just rented a scooter since Matt knows how to drive a scooter himself and I hopped on the back and then we hailed down a a grab scooter for Darius and she had her first scooter ride, which was super cool. And we kind of just drove around for about 20 minutes and she was able to, you know, it was still light outside. So, you know, see the city and go over a couple of the bridges and do a little bit of exploring before we actually touched down where we were going at Lady Buddha and we explored that a bit. And then a couple other of the places that we wanted to go to was like Marble Mountain and explore the caves. But honestly, like going into caves when it's pouring down rain is just really not that fun because you're going to get rained on. And um, we were not able to do that. And then another thing, the big, huge new thing to do here in Da Nang is to go to the Ba Na Hills and see the Golden Bridge. And we still haven't been able to do that yet. So we're saving that for a future date. But it is about a 35-40 minute car ride away from here. So we could have taken a car. But once you get there, everything is located outdoors. You have to take like a cable car up. There's gardens and parks and bridges, etc. So we didn't, we were not able to do that. So that was quite a bummer for us. But we did um, go And visit the con market um, where you can go and enjoy like a lot of the traditional Vietnamese food and see how they go ahead and sell the local fish and and the vegetables. And there's tons and tons of things. I mean, if you can't find it there, you basically can't find it anywhere. So the good thing about the con market is, is that a lot of it is covered. So that is a great thing to do on a rainy day. There's clothing, there's trinkets. There's souvenirs, there's paper goods. I mean, there's shoes. I mean, you name it, it is definitely there. So we were able to go ahead and and do that one day. But yeah, that was like one of our exploring days that we did. And then we did have a, a day where Darius and I actually were able to enjoy the Mikey beach for a couple hours. So as soon as the sun was like peeking out, we ran over to the beach and we just laid out and then it did start raining on us. So we're like, man, this is such a bummer. We have to like come back in, but we made the most out of it. And then like Matt had mentioned one day, you know, Darius knew, you know, it was around the holidays. She wanted to get some Christmas shopping done and Hoi An is such a lovely place to go to and um, they have amazing, amazing boutique shopping here. And I can't stress this enough. If you are ever in this area and you're either going to go and stay in Hoi An or stay in Da Nang, you can take a quick like 20, 30 minute car ride. We just got a grab for the day. It was like 13 bucks and one way, $13. And we went there and it was raining and we we're like, you know what? We're just going to put some ponchos on and take our umbrellas and go there. But when we got there, it was flooded. I mean, we are talking ankle deep water, but we still walked around and it's not like the world just stops when it's raining here in Vietnam. I mean, people have a dry season and a rainy season and the vendors are still selling their stuff. And people who come to visit these places are still going out and shopping. So even when it was raining, you know, we were walking around and still able to do shopping. And as long as you wear like water shoes or flip flops or some sort of sandal, I mean, we did not put on our tennis shoes because I mean, they would have just been completely soaking wet. Like I had these Haviana sandals on and Darius had these sandals on and we just knew that our feet would be wet that day. So there was, you know, no qualms about that. But Hoi has like some of the most amazing shopping for leather goods. Darius bought this purse for herself and she saw it and like the samples that they had there were in like navy blues and reds and browns. And she really wanted this black leather purse. And the woman was like, which style do you want? And she showed her and she's like, we'll I'll have this ready for you in four hours. And so they, they handmade this purse for her and had it cut and ready for her four hours later. And they have like shoes, leather shoes there that they make for men and women that like you could not find unless you were in Italy getting these shoes made. And they have leather jackets that they will make for you couture to your body. And those do take a little bit more of time. So I highly suggest if you're going there to do some shopping for leather goods or suits for men that just know that if you're going to go and get these things done, like go early in the day and they'll have them done by that evening or the next day and they'll deliver them to your hotel for no extra charge if you're staying in Hoi An or just for a little little bit more if you're staying outside like in Da Nang. So we really enjoyed our day, although we were wet when we came home. Um, and again, like I said, we had a $13 grab ride on our way there.
0: Yeah. And what we were we were told about the rain was that it, essentially the rain season just got extended a bit and they're used to this kind of rain. But the few days that we experienced it, it was downpours, like crazy buckets of rain. And they said that wasn't as common. But just like Nikki said, they continued on with their days. The locals did. But um, it, you could tell it was even affecting them a bit because it was a lot of rain really fast. A couple of cool things that happened during our time in Da Nang was I've got a local buddy that we actually, I met him in Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City, last year. And we just kept in contact um, via Instagram. And I told him that we were coming back in. And so we decided to meet for lunch one day. And we were supposed to meet at a certain location. We got there before him at the location. And then when he arrived, it was a restaurant because we were meeting for lunch. And when he arrived, he's like, this is not the place. But at that point, we had already made friends with the owner. She let me use her Wi-Fi. And that's how I told him that we were there early. And they were just super nice. And we had a, had a chance to see them wrap that... What they were doing is like wrapping their food, which was a banana, banana leaves with um, the shrimp and and rice paste mixed in. So I told How, my buddy How, I just said, hey, we need to eat something here because these people have been amazing. And um, sure enough, we did. And it was great. We enjoyed it. Jairus was super um, because she's all about experiencing food just like I am. So that was really cool to do that. And then we ended up going around the corner to the place that we were supposed to go to or, or a new place, actually, that he wanted us to go to and that was a lot of fun just to be able to get that real authentic local food experience and then there we also ate eel which was um, new for me i believe and then uh it was just it was fun hanging out with him and then later he invited us again on what ended up being our second to last night there with nine other of his friends and we just had a chance to really hang out with more locals and have uh just a an authentic dinner experience at a a local restaurant and two of the people that were there were travelers that Hal knew from the past, uh, Matt and his wife. And just talking to Matt, because Matt had lived in Vietnam for about six months at one point. He understood the language, understood a lot about the culture, and gave us additional insight on other things that we didn't really know, like um, how they always they always say something before they cheers. And then when they cheers, that's when you typically drink. So you're not supposed to like like drink on your own, but only after you cheer somebody else. So that was cool. And just different things throughout the night that he would point out and, and help us through, just to have another I guess an American give you insight that he's learned along the way was, was a fun experience. And then, then, yeah, from there, just that whole, Nang Hoi An four days was, it was just different. It was a different experience because of the rain and it limited what we could do, but we made the most of it. Like Nikki said, and, and, uh, it really didn't stop us or, or I guess it kind of slowed us, but we still had a great time. And then we took the four hour train ride or I'm sorry, the five hour train ride to Kinan, which was a new city for us. We had heard about it and read about it a few times that they're targeting it as the next big resort destination city more like a beach town but it had more of a i guess like a fisherman's vibe to it because it wasn't the ladies had a chance to hang out on the beach one day it wasn't as much of a beachy town as what Danong is at all it's not even really close but you can tell they're building for the future and they're getting ready for what the potential is. And based on our conversations with a few locals, it sounded like within the last two years, they've grown significantly as far as their ability to cater towards Westerners. But we only saw, I believe, two Westerners the entire time. And yes, it rained there as well, but we were out and about a lot on foot. And it was... uh, lighter rain and we didn't see anybody like we were the only three people from either europe or america walking the streets it was pretty not odd but just different not not even australians the one australian lady that owned the rest the bar but that was about it but it was an awesome city it was it was really cool because it was a different unique experience especially yeah it's quaint but for Darius to see a different side of like a non-touristy um not that the cities are real touristy but they are kind of and for queen is like less is just authentic and real and so that was that was real cool
1: Yeah, so Kinan for me, I really I I liked it. It was just a completely different experience. So comparatively speaking, beach-wise, Da Nang's beach is like sixty-seven kilometers long, and Kinan's beach is about a five-kilometer stretch of beach. Both the beaches themselves are similar in the fact that they're sandy white beaches, very clean. There's no rocks, so it's a nice beach that you can get into, and it's great for swimming or for surfing, and it's a great beach to lay out on. But size wise, Da Nang's beach is, oh my, it's it's hands down. You can't even compare it. So I prefer Danong's beach to the Kenan beach. Um, when Darius and I went to Kenan's beach, we were the only people laying out the entire day that we were there. And one day we had sun for the whole day and it was just us two. And we were laughing. We were like, Oh my gosh, we have this entire beach to ourselves!" Like this wouldn't even be possible anywhere else in the world. I've never been to a beach where I was the only two people laying out.
0: Yeah, It was an odd situation because I was meeting them and you get to imagine it. there's this large city front promenade with a massive beach line. I mean, a, a ton of beach there can be laid on laying out on. And there's two people on the beach and I'm walking to meet them. I'm like, okay, there's no way that's them. And then I keep approaching because I thought maybe they had left already. But I keep approaching. I'm like, oh, my God, it's those two. <laughs> Only those two on this entire beach laying out. And this was like this was noon, one o'clock. And it was it was warm enough that other people should be out there, but there was literally nobody on the beach, which is really nice. I mean, when you think about it, it's, that's a really nice thing. I'm sorry, I skipped over the train ride um, just because that's a that's something that was new for us, and it might be something that uh, you as a listener might be considering doing when you're in Vietnam. Our train ride from Da Nang to Quy Nhon was uneventful, easy, smooth, almost relaxing, and it was only twelve bucks. From Da Nang to Quinon, An. and when we talked about it, the idea that and and so you know that the Quinon airport is about forty minutes outside of town, and the Da Nang bus station is right in town, but so is the airport. I guess they're about the same length away, but the Quinon bus station is closer to town so when we talked about it, we're like it, it was almost just as fast to grab that five-hour train ride than to go through airport security do everything you have to do and get down there and all the hassles you might have to go through getting a ride and everything but um it was amazing everybody was super cool on the on the train ride the, it got awkward towards the end not awkward but it got weird towards the end because the soccer match was the, the next soccer match was about to come on so one guy had a laptop in the train seat, right across from Darius. So they were in the same, I guess, four-seat area, and this guy had a laptop, and he had about seven dudes that were around him staring at his laptop with the game about to come on, that essentially was staring at Darius. <laughs> so so that was kind of awkward, but it wasn't, nobody was out of line, everybody was super cool, and the, and the trip itself was really easy, and we had a chance to, when it was light out, you could see the countryside which was nice because then you could look out the window and see everything that you might not get a chance to see if you only stayed in big cities in Vietnam. So something to think about if you're thinking about uh, creative ways to get transportation, then that I would definitely consider the train.
1: Yeah. Another difference between Quinaan and Da Nang is the fact that since it is a much smaller city than since Quinaan is a much smaller city than Da Nang, in my opinion, there was just, less things to do, I guess, so to speak. But like we went and we saw a Buddhist temple. It was really, really nice. It was called Chua Minton and it had this really large green Buddha statue. And it was, I mean, it was really peaceful. It was nice. Again, it was raining when we went or it just stopped raining when we went, but the grounds were very well kept and it was nice. They have a really famous bar there that you can go to. It's called the Surf Bar. It's like an open air bar. It's right on the beach, right off. Off of the promenade, but we weren't able to go there because the entire bar is outside. So they have like little thatched roof, like cabana-like things that you can sit underneath, but it was pouring down rain. So we weren't able to enjoy that. And I really wanted to go to that because you can overlook the ocean and have like a cocktail or some tea and coffee if you'd like and order some finger food. But I guess the main thing that people do there would be like either go out and drink, sit at a bar or eat food. There's just a lot of little restaurants and things around the area. And there's some markets and things that you can go to. And then the beach is their main um, driving factor for people to, to come to that area. And the beach itself is gorgeous. It's just smaller. And um, not that five kilometer stretch of Sandy White Beach is something to complain about, but it is very, very nice. We did go to some Cham Towers. They're called the Doi Cham Towers, or um, also known in English as the Twin Towers. And they just lead up to these temples that open up to the sky. And it's super cheap to go. It's like a dollar. It's like 20,000 dong. And they were built in the 11th century. Century. And they just have this intricate, ornate brickwork that were built by the Champa kingdom. And in, they're basically worshipped by the Vietnamese Buddhists present day. And then a really cool thing that we did before I went, I was just looking up things to do in Kenan outside of, you know, eating at great places or going to the beach. And there's this super, super cool place called the Wind Center. Um, and it's right by those twin towers that I was just explaining. And essentially what it is, is it's crafts center and it has handmade goods that are made by these local Vietnamese people both adults and children who have disabilities and I'm not really sure how it's funded, but I did some research and I think it's just this local woman who gets donations from the community. And within the center, when we went there, the front of the store has a coffee slash tea shop. So you can order like a coffee or a tea. And then in the middle of the center, they have the handmade goods that are made by the people with the disabilities that, go to the center every day and they get education and they work on their music talents or whatever they want to, whatever they do there. And at where the handmade goods are, there's like silk scarves, there were bookmarks, there was clothing, there were purses, there was some artwork. And then In the very back of the center, there was a stage and it was lit by all these like twinkling string lights. And they had this huge drum kit set and these guitars and various other, like a seether and various other instruments that were hanging on the wall. And when we had first walked in, it was very quiet. They were just sitting, all of these people were sitting around like a big, huge common area table and just talking amongst themselves. And there were some people who were using crutches and some people were in wheelchairs and other people are just sitting in chairs like and just having conversation. You could tell some people were blind and they handed us this pamphlet that said that they had like concerts, public concerts on the weekends. And I believe it was like Fridays and Saturdays, or maybe it was Saturdays and Sundays. And Matt had just asked like, if we could hear some music. And then all of a sudden everyone perked up and they were like, yes, you can hear it now. And so Darius and I ordered a drink, like each of us ordered a tea and they put this little tiny table forward facing the stage in the back. And four of the women, two of them playing seeders, one playing a guitar, like a regular just guitar. And another one playing a moon guitar got up on the stage and introduced themselves to us. And they asked us if we wanted to hear Western music or if we wanted to hear Vietnamese music. And I just said, I prefer to hear Vietnamese music. And they just started playing the most lovely music for us. And we had just an amazing private concert and I would say they probably played us about 10 songs or so and they intermixed some Western music and Vietnamese music and it was just really cool to hear them play and then they invited us to the concert over the weekend but then we told them you know hey we're leaving and we're going to Hanoi our next spot but it was just a really cool experience and then we were talking to them about what they did and they were asking us questions about what we did for a living and they asked us if we could play instruments and we were like no we can't and And we asked them how long they practiced and they told us they practiced every single day at the center. And it was just a really neat experience just to see that. And I put a video up on my Instagram feed if you want to see that, but I really, really enjoyed that experience.
0: Yes, that was definitely a highlight for me as well and very inspiring. To summarize Queenon, it was probably what we thought it might be being smaller, but with less of a beachy vibe that we had anticipated. We thought maybe it'd be more of a more resorty and then catered around travelers, but it really wasn't, which is nice because it gave a good mix to our trip it gave Darius an opportunity to see that side of Vietnam, and luckily, and she's such a great traveler with us as well. She doesn't mind walking a ton during the day and just walking the streets and and getting a true sense and a true vibe of what the city has to offer, and then just taking it all in that way. So that was nice, and and that's. Uh, but I, I do feel like Hanoi will be one of those cities that in the next five to ten years you'll see a lot more of it because there definitely there was a few real big resorts that look like they were going to be completed soon and then as those things get done and they start marketing that and then they br- start bringing in the people uh, it'll grow with it as well from queen Nan, we flew to hanoi again it's the city it's the capital city of vietnam in the north it's about eight million people and it's a city that actually that's where nick and i started our first trip to vietnam about a little over a year ago and we loved it we landed and we loved it and we were excited to get back and it was it was different just driving in you could just tell the difference that you were in a big city and it was one of those things that as we're making our way through the different pockets of the city and there's just big traffic jams and a ton of scooters and cars and everything you just get a different city vibe that you would than the other cities that we were in because of its size and we were staying in the old quarter which is amazing part of the town and so much fun. And Nikki did a wonderful job in finding a perfect location to stay for these four days.
1: Yeah. So the hotel that I found this time, we stayed in the old quarter last time and it was a nice location. I really liked it. But this area this time, I wanted to get closer to like the real action um, just because Darius was with us. So I found this super cute hotel. It was like a boutique hotel and it was called the Hanoi Elite Hotel. It was an 11 room hotel and it was located right on a side street just off of the famous Beer Street and between Walking Street and Beer Street. So it was just like a super perfect location. And surprisingly enough, that Beer Street is such high traffic and it stays open until I believe like 2 a.m. in the morning. And walking street as well, super, super high traffic. The location of our hotel, you would, one would think, if you'd ever been to this exact location, that it would be very, very noisy. And the location of the hotel was like perfectly placed and it was not noisy at all. Like we had blackout curtains in our room, or no, sorry, yeah blackout blinds, I guess, so to speak, in our rooms. And I didn't have any light coming in. I was really surprised by the fact that you could from time to time when you would go in the bathroom hear a slight bit of noise. But I mean, there's people like screaming in the streets and I couldn't hear it at all. So I was very, very pleasantly surprised by the fact that the location itself was clutch and the noise from Beer Street never affected us. And for those of you who don't know what Beer Street is, I don't know how long I would say it was, maybe a quarter of a mile, And it is just one bar directly after another. So it's like a doorway, a doorway, a doorway, a doorway. And it's just restaurant bars where you can either go inside and enjoy the bar indoors or outdoors. They have tiny little tables and chairs where they will bring food outside street side and you can sit and enjoy and in the actual street itself, either hot pots or finger foods or hibachi grill style food and beers or cocktails and like really get that authentic Vietnamese food feel. And like, people watch essentially like in the actual streets of Vietnam. And again, like all it is, is it's like, there's nothing being sold other than food and beer and cocktails on these streets. And it's just, it's called Beer Street because of that. And most people go there to drink beer, but you can enjoy cocktails at some of the bars. And some of the bars actually sell like really cheap like bottles of vodka or bottles of whiskey that you can buy and you can just make your your own drinks like while you're sitting there at these tables but people really go there to like be seen and to people watch and enjoy like food with a group of people at a table so it's a really fun place to be and that's where we actually watched the soccer game so it was really really fun
0: and it's, it's super unique and it's hard to describe because as you're sitting at these restaurants and bars Outside, if you're sitting outside, because they the chairs are so low in Vietnam, the, where how you sit, they're like stools almost. So you're sitting below the traffic that's walking above you. And the area that you can walk, if it's the size of two cars during the day, as the night gets longer, it gets narrower and narrower. So you can essentially only fit one body through that can walk through each time in a single row. So the vibe gets pretty chaotic the late of the night goes. Each restaurant bar is has their own music or noise, and there's every place has a a guy or girl out front trying to um, recruit you to come into in their place, their happy hour food and they're throwing a menu in your face, it can turn you off if you don't like that type of thing, but if you enjoy, like Nikki said, people watching, seeing all kinds of different people interact with each other and just having a good time, it's an awesome place to be and It has such a great vibe. I think, I haven't confirmed this, I think it's called Beer Street because they have this particular type of beer in Vietnam that comes out of kegs that's sold for about 6000 per cup, which essentially is 25 cents about 25 to 30 cents a cup and um, you can get that there in this area and i think that might be why it's called beer street or that or because everybody drinks beer but when people go there they usually ask for this i think it's called huang but I, i'm not 100 sure i have to research that because i i, I hadn't i drank it the last time we were there but i didn't have it this time but yeah, it's hard to explain. It's it's extremely chaotic. It's a lot of fun. And it drags into other parts of the old quarter. But it's just known for this. It's known for to a place that you go get a, a good hot pot. You sit outside. But what was weird is if the cops do show up, apparently they're not supposed to be on the streets. So once or twice a night, a cop will start walking down the street and everybody's pulling their stools and chairs back into the restaurants and they're telling you to, to move your seat in, move your seat in. So then all these people get squashed in these restaurants. It's not like it's uncomfortable. It's just awkward because you're like, why is this not legal? And then it's going to be legal in three minutes later. So it's just this it's, – it's a weird dynamic that I think the cops are like saying – Look, you got to keep the streets clear. It's the case I'm happy going on in the city. We're just doing our jobs here. And then they go back to selling their goods on the street again.
1: Yeah, so I really liked the location because we were a side street off of that. It was just cool to like walk out to that every single night. But the other things we did in Hanoi were just like walk around Old Quarter, which was where our hotel was located. And I mean, there's just so much to see. It's just tons of shopping. It's just never ending shopping. I mean, um, there's just like North Face stores everywhere and just restaurants everywhere. It's just never ending. Coffee shops are just I mean, it's like every fifth store you see is a coffee shop, whether it's you can drink coffee at the coffee shop or it's like a shop selling beans or like coffee supplies, like a Vietnamese like set or I mean it's just like never ending. It's there's so much stuff to see. Um, it's almost over it's like a sensory overload. There's also the Hanoi night market which was super cool. We were about I'd say 5 blocks away from that and that's only on the weekends, but It is, I don't know how, it's it's probably a couple miles long. I don't even, it seems that way. Maybe it's not, maybe it's a mile long. But when shops themselves take their goods out, they reduce them at a super low price. And then vendors that have goods come to sell stuff kind of like a flea market style. That's the only way I can describe it. So they'll have tables out in the middle of the street. The street gets shut down. It's for walking only. Cars are not allowed to drive on it. Scooters do kind of come in and out. So you have to watch out. Like people will be honking their horn at you, but there are tables in the middle of the street and goods are all sprawled out on it. Whether it be clothes, jewelry, art, um, you name it. It's their pottery incense, coffee, it's all there. There's electronics, there's phone cords. I mean, you name it, I swear it's there. But um, it's at a severely reduced price. And then the stores that are lining these streets, like I said, they'll take like boutique clothing out and it's severely reduced prices. So yeah, we went to the Hanoi night market. I went like three or four times with Darius. We would just like say, hey, we went one night and got a a massage and we didn't want to go home directly after that. And we just wanted to walk around we didn't cramp up. And so we ended up walking in the night market for like 30 minutes. And um, we knew we weren't even going to buy anything. We we're just kind of people watching, but just a cool, another cool place to sightsee. And they also sell food too. They had like sushi rolls and like pastries and stuff as well.
0: Yeah. And then uh, a big highlight from this, from the weekend was like I was saying that, that game, the championship game. So there was this massive buildup in the, the final, final game of the AFC cup, AFF cup, Versus Malaysia was on Saturday night at 7:30. So you, the whole city was kind of building towards it. The locals were obviously um, going crazy around it, and you would hear Vietnam Vodi, which which meant victory, over and over in the cities. So we knew we knew there was a build up. We knew that we wanted to get a good spot to see it. And so we set out on Saturday to make sure that we found a great location. And sure enough, we did. There was, like Nikki was describing on Beer Street, towards the end of Beer Street, going towards the the lake area, there's this, there this corner area where there was probably four or five TVs set up in that area alone. And we found the, the front row seat right in front of the TV. And we got there probably around 6.30 because the game started at 7.30. And then by the time the game actually kicked off, the entire... Four corners. That whole area was full of people. Uh, Couldn't even move. So we had the perfect location. We watched the game there. We ate food there. Drank some drinks there, and it was just—it was an awesome, vibrant, as you would expect, electric time. And Vietnam won. Uh, they scored a goal within the first twenty-five minutes, and there was no other scores the rest of the rest of the time. And it was electric, man. It was a, it was a blast. And from there, the celebration began. And that night was nuts. So after at about ten o'clock everybody was going chaotic and uh, we got some amazing footage of the celebration there was fires i'm not sure we've talked about it much but the it's a massive scooter culture we went up learning that there are six million scooters and motorbikes in the city of hanoi six million there's a million people so almost every person has a scooter so as they go through the streets They've got their flag. They've got all these horns. They're going crazy. Flares is just chaotic. And they're also taking these scooters down every side street available. To see the country celebrate like that was so much fun. And it just bled into the late into the night, into the early morning. And you could just hear the people continue to say Vietnam Di, Vietnam Di" over and over and over. And just to be in that country at that time, at that moment, wasn't it very exciting for us? And it was a lot of fun. And then so we through the weekend we we um I think Sunday we ended up chilling a little bit more just based on the the hangover that night and just everything that was going on hangover for me mostly. And then we set out on an amazing day that was a Monday for us where Nick and Darius planned this awesome day out to do a day trip.
1: Yeah, we did this day trip. It's called Nin Bin. And essentially, you go to Hoa, Lu and Tamcock. And basically, what it is is it's known as the Halong Bay on Land, where you have the huge like limestone structures that are like jutting out of the land, like all along. They look like mountains, so to speak. But they're limestone mountains and they're um, jutting out of the like rice paddies and just land all around. And we visited like a beautiful temple on the grounds of the former palace. And we did like an amazing hike. And then we took a canoe cruise on the Nodong River and when we went on the cruise, it was like a canoe cruise. So we saw these three limestone caves and like actually went through the limestone caves. And then part of the tour itself was this bicycling tour in Tamcock. So it was just a really nice day. And they had a nice lunch. And actually, the lunch wasn't nice. I'm not going to lie <laughs> about that. The lunch was not nice. The tofu I had tasted like rubber, but all, the- all I- of it.
0: I-, I crazy goat meat that... I don't even know if that was goat meat. It was not very good. And I wasn't the only one complaining. There was several people complaining. But we weren't even really, really complaining. We were just eating it and just like frowning because we had, it was a great time because we had, we had a chance to have fun and, and talk to these this South African family and, and reminisce on our time in South Africa and talk to them about it. And then there was an awesome couple from Singapore, this amazing older couple from India, everybody in a four people, two couples from France. And a, a single girl from Slovakia that lives in Dubai. So you had a chance to meet all these amazing people. And during lunch, that's like the fun part where you get to, because you're, you're not doing an activity, you're actually just chilling and eating. And we're all eating this food and we're like, this is not very good. And uh, it wasn't like, it just it was kind of a bummer, I guess, in a in scenario.
1: Yeah. The tour itself was really, really nice, but the food was not so nice. But yeah, I love doing tours like that because you just get to branch out and meet other people and uh, it's just something different. And sometimes the tour itself can be really a bummer. And we've been on some bummer tours before where you, you spend, you know, a lot of money and you're expecting the world. And this tour wasn't even that expensive. It was considered a luxury tour. They picked us up at our hotel. And the Ninbin is quite a drive away. It's a two-hour drive away from Hanoi. So we spent four hours in a luxury van, but you just hope for the best. And everything was smooth. Our tour guide was amazing. His name was Fong. He was awesome. But the food was just like, ugh. But yeah, I, I suggest that too. Ninbin was really, really beautiful. So yeah, that's That's pretty much. Yeah, and it's
0: just to add my on Nimbin. It was, I think, the best part. If you like to climb, so you you have to climb five hundred steps in order to get to the top of Lying Dragon Mountain, which has this these amazing views that overlook all the rice paddies and everything that Nikki described. And it's one of those, I mean, it's Instagram friendly, man. It's because of the different colors of the green and the mountains in the back and everything that uh, in the streams that go through it. It's a fun time, and then with the activities of getting on a boat and and going through the different pathways, and then Darius and I went on we went on bicycles for about an hour, where you get to see the true village area and see everything that the locals are doing in some of these back places of the rice paddies. When you get a chance to experience all that, and it's just a different vibe that you see than if you uh, when you're in the cities. So the, the mixing that in was. It was just a, a great different experience, not only for Darius on her travels, but for us as well, because we hadn't had a chance to see that. We had been to Hollong Bay last year. That's fun. But I would even say, if you had to look at the two and maybe you don't like water as much, I think Nidbin is liked it. We actually liked it better than our ha long, ha long Bay trip because Hollong Bay is very much a long day where it's one of those experiences where. It's a long day but the time you get to experience what you're trying to experience is very short. Where Ninbin was, it is again a long day but not as long of a day and you get you're, there's more adventure and experiences that you're going through along the along the process if that makes sense because you're mixing a boat ride, climbing of the mountain, bicycles, so it's canoe caves and things like that so we preferred it over holland bay but that's everybody's experience is different and each time you go out it's it's a different experience too and it might have been because Darius was with us as well why we liked it more but so that that's it that's that's our wrap on those amazing two weeks with our friend obviously we loved hanging out with our friend she took her time budget energy everything to come see us and it was an awesome trip and we love we continue to love vietnam and everything it has to offer and we'll make sure we list all these things in a show notes so that, that we can see the places that we went to and let us know if there's things that we're missing along these journeys and, and anything that uh, we can add to this after years of struggling with chronic back pain and limited activities horrible sleep I decided to get a major back surgery about four years ago that left me in the hospital for six days and had many weeks of recovery. After that recovery, I decided to get into foundation training. It's back exercises that uh, focus on your core and your lower back and provide strength and stability moving forward. And it's changed my life totally. I'm so happy that I found foundation training. and Without it, there's no way I could travel the way we do. With all the tight squeezes on buses and airplanes and little cars and tuk-tuks and all the ways that we travel it would be impossible if my body didn't feel the way that it did and i attribute all that to foundation training and the strength it's given me to do not only to feel the way i do within those transportation but also to take on these long hikes that i love to do now and all the physical activity that i do foundation training is the key to that so if you have back pain and you want to figure out a way to overcome it or you just wake up and you have or you have chronic fatigue, I highly recommend foundation training as a way to, to get there. You can go, you can get a free guide and check out all of the other products. Go to passportjoy.com forward slash back, B-A-C-K. Again, passportjoy.com forward slash back to find out what everything you can get from this, this type of training for your back. We also use Express VPN as a secure way to connect to the internet anywhere in the world, is essentially it's your own pipeline to the internet that you has servers around the world to keep you secure from hackers while you travel. It's also a great way to see the content that you deserve to see that you probably paid for on your subscriptions as you travel, those digital movie apps that you have to see your shows and your, and your movies while you travel. And you can also see flight prices like a local, which sometimes can be cheaper. Um, And it just gives you the security and privacy that you want in coffee shops, local restaurants, on your phone or your laptop. And if you're doing anything financial, whether you're traveling, you're at home, you're in a local coffee shop, you need to consider getting a VPN. And we use ExpressVPN to do that. VPN stands for Virtual Private Network. So again, check out PassportJoy.com VPN for your free 30-day trial. Again, passportjoy.com forward slash VPN for your free 30-day trial. And also check out passportjoy.com forward slash tools for our other products that we love to use while we travel. All right. And that is it for this episode. Thanks so much again for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. If you have not already, this helps us get in front of new travel listeners and it helps us to, to grow and gives us back a little bit in the process. Um, because this is, this is our investment for the listeners and the hope that they can learn more to travel better to learn all the things that we've gone through along the way. As always, I list out all the important links on the show of the show notes from today's episode and all the episodes at the podcast tab at passportjoy.com under each episode listing. We'll give links to the, the locations that we stayed at, some of the things we mentioned in this episode, and so you can just click on those links and then build your own itineraries as you go along with your travel adventures as well. If you wanna receive our weekly newsletter that comes out on Thursdays, also sign up at passportjoy.com. You can get all the latest blog posts, travel tips, things that we just share along the road in that weekly newsletter that seems to be a lot of fun because it continues to grow as we journey along. Until next time, safe travels to wherever you might be heading next.